0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Wow, it's kind of wet and cold, huh? Um, I'm kind of glad I, I ordered this jack, this coat through the mail, and somehow when I ordered it the first time, uh, I put on a, a, the, the sizes, they go through what size, and I put medium somehow, and I didn't look on it. When it came, I put it on, and it's really snug, and I thought, wow, you know, I'd lost some weight, but somehow this feels really snug. I zipped it up, and I said, I think it's going to be a little too tight. Well, maybe it be all right. And then I un- unzipped it, and all of a sudden, it's like I could breathe again. I thought, and then I looked. It was way too small. Anyway, so I got it. So today is the first day I got to wear it. So I'm happy for the rain. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, it's so good to be here. And thank you, Pastor Rebecca and Pastor Cheryl and Pastor Dan and Pastor Yumiko. I saw them. I was at the midwinter conference up in Florida as well. And I was there just to play. When, uh, well, I mean to attend the meetings and be... Uh, <laughs> And, and see friends, and those four people were working so hard, but they were so grateful, full of joy. It was good to be there, and we have a wonderful uh, denominational family of people who are sincerely love God and love this world and uh, know how to love each other and, in genuine, authentic ways and the challenges and demands that are of life right now. Uh, I'm just really grateful to be back there and to see old friends and new ones, and so just to know, we're in a good setting with a good family, denominations. I'm not big on keeping up with all the stuff of a denomination, but this is a great family that I'm grateful, and they, they love you and love this church, and, and we can love them. They're great people. So we're going to talk about a word for the year, and I, I, this is really close to me. I've been doing this. Finding a word for a year for a, a word each at the beginning of each year for over 30 years I realized long time from when I was two years old I was doing this so I always say that dumb thing but for a long long time anyway and it's been very meaningful and I have to say in this last year or two it's been life-saving for me so I, I really want to share with you why why a word for the year and and in so many things really what I want to say about it that it's all about Hit it, guys. It's all about. Here we go. <laughs> okay, I'm going to dance. No, I'm not going to. I got my white coat. Right. Here we go. Pretty quick. Stay in line. Stay in alive. Let's try that, Haha. Stay alive. That's good. They that went a little longer than I thought, but that's good. <laughs> I feel like I should dance, but I didn't want to do that and scare anybody. Well, you know, a word for the year, I was thinking about, it's about staying alive. That doesn't mean just surviving and getting through life. It means about really living. I want to encourage you to you look at this process of finding a word for your year. It's part about how God is inviting us, each one of us, through this process of finding word and living into it, to be really alive to God, to life around us, to the people around us, and to who we are and who we're becoming. So I want to encourage you through that a lot. When I was, um, I was recognizing just a little over, about last past November, um, I remembered a year ago before that, after Bev, probably nine months after Bev had passed away that i 'd been just felt so dead and, and numb, really, kind of like when I had covid i couldn 't taste and smell anything my soul couldn 't really feel much, you know, and I was just getting through and there was times honestly, uh, and I we were swimming a lot, my son and I every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, out from Kailua out to flat island and honestly, there would be times i 'd sort of like a daydream it wasn 't a serious plan, but I just thought. Some days I thought about what if I brought a rope out there, tied it to a rock, and just stayed out there. I just felt like I just wanted to go. Uh, and and uh, I wasn't very alive, and it was hard to live with that. It was a process of grief that I'm still in and going through, but finding my way. But but it was out there at that time, and I saw how Bev lived, and right up to the end. And I saw I was reminded that when I went to visit Renee Conachero uh, last month, a few weeks before she passed, and how she was so alive in the face of imminent death and so I realized that dying isn't the worst thing the worst thing is not living in the time that we have in this place that we have now I don't like death, it's a terrible dreadful thing I'm reminded of that when in this, just this week Tyree Nichols was, was beaten savagely by five police officers and you know we initially think it's a racial thing, it was five black officers and it, it just shows you that um, hatred and brokenness uh, is across the board. And and if there's ever a time, God's calling us to be alive to the realities of life and the brokenness of people in our own lives, but with those around us and in this world. It's now. We're reminded by this. I'm, I'm just so deeply saddened by this death of this man. I'm Also, as I read the stories a little bit about his life, he was alive too. He has a life, and he will be remembered for his life. And I pray for those, pro, those uh, policemen even that... That in their brokenness, that somehow um, they will find a better way for their lives and come to this, you know. And that's, we heard the Byron Stevenson. He he uh, he's uh, a lawyer that served many people in their time of great need. And he said, you know, we're we're more than w- w- who we are at our worst. And I, I love that. That's hope. That's about there's more to life to you to any of us yet, even at our worst. That's not God's final. St- state of how he made us and what he sees us to be about. So I want to invite you to join me in this, as we look at this story. And this is one of the great stories I love, too. Uh, one, it's out in, the, out in the water, and I love the ocean. I grew up in the ocean, and my earliest memories was camping at the beach, and surfing, and scouring the beach, and, and just causing all kinds of trouble, I'm sure, but uh, I just love the ocean. And when I'm out there, even now, uh, it's very good for my soul. Uh, I just feel somehow I'm embracing and in the, in the, kind of in the presence of God in a lot of ways. So here, here's a here's a story. It's from Matthew 14:22 through 32. I'm pretty familiar story, and I, I just want, as you're listening to this story, I want you to. At the end, I'm going to ask a question. Anybody wants to speak up afterwards? Wait, wait till I ask. <laughs> but no, uh, I want to ask you this question. If if you could imagine, as you're hearing the story and seeing the experience Peter's having with Jesus, what might be a word this experience might have inspired Peter to live by for that year? Because, see, God comes to us with a word for a year, and we're trying really hard to think it all through, which is good. But the main thing is to listen and see if something of what God's saying or what you're experiencing, that there's something comes up in that word that will guide you and direct you in your life for this next year and give you something to reflect and ponder on, to find your way in a new way to be really alive. To stay in alive. Uh, you don't have to play again. Um, <laughs> to stay alive in this world is a big choice every day. And not easy choice. So let's look at this anyway. So immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on, go on ahead of him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowd after... And just to say he had just fed... you know That's the thing where he fed 5,000 plus people with... A few loaves of bread and some fish and stuff. So an amazing thing took place, some healing and all kinds of other stuff. So he sent the disciples on ahead across the Sea of Galilee, and he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And so later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out into them, Out to them, excuse me, walking on the lake or the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, and their first response was, "It's a ghost." They said and they said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, "Take courage! It is I. Don't be afraid." And then Peter, this is great, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, "Tell me to come to you on the water." You know that's what you love about Peter. I'm pretty sure he says things. And a couple of minutes later, he thinks, What the heck did I just say? What did I do? You know, I, I'm, I'm like that sometimes, uh, once a year or so. Now, I, you know, I, you say things, and he says, Yeah, well, if it's you, tell me, I'll come out in order. Nobody's ever done that before or since. And, you know, I'm sure the other thing, what, what are you thinking? And I'm sure he was kind of thinking, Oh, what did I say? But Jesus said, Okay, uh, come, is all Jesus says. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. And when he saw, he, and when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And they climbed into the boat, and the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Powerful story. So I want to ask you, just if you don't mind, we'll just just kind of speak up so I can hear you. If you don't mind, if you think about it, if you were Peter, what would you imagine out of this experience? What might it inspire you to think? Oh, this will be my word for the year because of what I I experienced with Jesus right here. What I know of him and life. Any any ideas? Is that is that a hard question? Is that stir any ideas? Are you shaking your head? Yes, that's a hard question. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, anybody have an idea? Just there's no wrong answers here. Um, any thoughts? Come back. Huh? What? Come. come, come. So, what if your word for the year was "come," and all all year long you're figuring out what does it mean to come to Jesus, where I, from, where I am to where He is in a fresh way. Oh, beautiful! See, that's what a word could do. It's a simple word, but it can inspire lots of thinking. And what's holding me back? What am I afraid of? What am I excited about? I'll talk about qualities of a good word. But, you know, thank you. Good. Anyone else? Faith. Huh? Faith. Faith. Yeah, about faith. What does it mean to have faith in Jesus, in life, in the face of challenges, unknowns, and taking risks? Faith. What is faith? What holds me back? What gets me going? Great. Anything else? Yeah. Like, funny, Jesus, I know you're there, but can you hurry? Jesus, I know you're there, but hurry. <laughs> so maybe your word is hurry up, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, you know, and then say so why is so the way I look treat that of the year was in yeah. There's in me wanting to say hurry up, Jesus, and what's what's my hurry? What's holding me back? Where is he? How do I see him? Maybe I'm missing something. He is there, and I'm, I'm missing that. I'm thinking he's absent, and he's actually present. But then, no, that, that's all the way of thinking about a word for the year. Good, good job. Anyone else? Reach. Huh? Either reach or stretch. Reach or stretch, yeah. Yeah, reach, stretch. Reach out. Stretch myself. Ah, I love it. There's so much to that, right? If you start thinking of unfolding that, you can go all kinds of ways with that. I heard one person, uh, I was talking about this, they said, uh, learn to swim. <laughs> okay, that was me. Anyway, if you didn't laugh, I was going to say, yeah, it was Nathan Poo or somebody. Um, so this is what I want to encourage you is be, in, be look at your life and listen to God and ask, well, what what's you saying to me in this time? And how are you speaking to me? What is a word that you could give to me that I, might guide me through my life, um, the power, you know, here's a miraculous saying is that one is that Jesus came on the water. He's walking on the middle of a storm, and he invites Peter, and Peter starts walking on the water. And then Peter's out there in the middle and, and says he, he looked at the storm, he got afraid, and he began to sink. <clears throat> and that's, that's understandable. That's understandable. Well, and then, then as he sinks, I think what Jesus was saying, you know, you have little faith, or where's your faith? I don't think he was criticizing him for getting scared because he's walking out in the middle of the lake and starting to sink. I don't think that's the main thing, in my opinion. You can consider this. Because who wouldn't be? Who's ever done this? I've tried it, and it doesn't work for me ever. Uh, and, and so I think that what Jesus was trying to teach him, he wasn't criticizing so much or condemning. I think he was trying to get to Peter to think about when we're in those places of great challenge and unknown and we're being stretched... And we're out in these kind of circumstances. We sort of revert to some basic things. And what's at our basis? For, for Peter, what he said to Jesus was, Lord, save me. And as if Jesus would say, well, no, I, I, I'm not interested in saving you. I'm not here because I care about you. I'm here to see if you pass the test or fail. He wasn't that at all. I think what Jesus would have preferred to hear from Peter, or is trying to teach him to say, is that when you're in those places, don't doubt that I love you, but ask for help. Just ask for help. And you say, well, that's what he's saying in a way, but it was also more desperate than that, as if, if Jesus, if you don't hurry up, do something, I'm on my own here. And what Jesus always wants us to know is no matter what we're going through, what we're facing, we're never on our own. He's for us. He cares about us. He wants to help us as well. Uh, Jesus could have calmed the storm before he headed out over the lake, right? He could have stopped and said, let's make this easy for them and for me. They're having a hard time. I'll just calm the storm. Clearly, he was capable to do that. He did it later. But why? Why didn't he do it sooner? Why didn't he hurry up? (laughs) Yeah, we don't know. But what we do know is it gave a setting for something very powerful to take place. And for Peter to learn something about stepping out from where he was into something new and experiencing this power this miraculous thing of being able to walk on water. But more importantly, the biggest miracle to me about this is that Peter saw beyond a doubt that when he fails, Jesus won't give up on him. There's more to him than at his worst. The failure wasn't getting worried about the storm and sinking. That's okay. Could have done better. Maybe. But he's doing something nobody's done that was pretty miraculous that he took three or four steps on top of the water but what jesus was trying to teach him is that no matter what you face what you fail at what you're struggling with no matter how desperate hard it is i'll always be there for you how the circumstances go we'll see but what i've realized is that when we when i come to the realization that that death isn't the worst thing it's not living living in faith and in trust, no matter what the circumstances come. So I told you, I, I, my son and I swim every Monday, Wednesday, Friday out from Kailua Beach out to Flat Island. It's about a quarter mile or so. We do it in two minutes. Now I'm kidding. It takes us about 15 minutes, 12 minutes. We swim out there, and just about two and a half months ago, uh, I, I was swimming out. We've been doing this for a year and a half or two, and I was swimming out there, and I just couldn't get my breath. I was going, and it just couldn't come. It was a... It was a the waves were buffeting us as we're going out in the wind and it was a rough day and I are going and going and I got out there a ways and my son Andrew, he swims, uh, kind of alongside of me. He's a little ahead of me usually, a little faster swim. I let him feel like he's faster. <laughs> and, and he's towing this little, uh, we have this little balloon thing, you know, it's a, a buoy thing that's it's an orange, about this big so boats don't run us over. And, uh, and so uh, I call him over because I'm out there and I said, hey, uh, I just can't give my breath and uh and i'm having a hard time breathing and i'm getting weaker out here and so i'm resting on that thing a little bit and, he, and we looked we were farther the shore was farther away than getting to the island We were closer to that so let's just try to get to the island i said oh yeah that's a good idea and you know normally if it wasn't so rough i would have kind of done breaststroke where i could breathe all the way but it was waves where water was coming in my face and stuff so i had to just put my head down and swim and get up take some air and go and uh, honestly I was about a third of the way left and I looked at the island and I said and I felt I, I, I'm breathing I'm choking out there. I I just like I'm being strangled out there there's less and less air coming and I'm getting weaker and honestly I sat out there I thought god I I, I don't know if I'm going to make it you know out here and and it was something because I told you over the year I thought about well that might be a relief But then I I realized, as I was there, that uh, no, uh, well, that's not the worst thing. It's not the best thing either. When it's not time yet, it's not time. I don't want to go. But if it's time, I'm okay. I didn't feel afraid. I was kind of at peace, actually, about that. But I also felt like I'm, I'm ready to keep living. I'll do what I can with the diminishing strength that I have. Is it better with that? What's that? Oh, it's beginning to click. Oh, maybe it's my earring hitting the mic. Uh, so I, I don't need this. Then take it off. The head. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm, thank you, uh, Eric. And so um, I'm thinking, uh, and I just felt like, I don't, I don't know if I can make it. I've never felt like that. I grew up in the ocean and never been at that point. And I said, so God, in my weakness, bring your strength. And uh, I need your help. And, you know, it was still hard to get to the island, but I got there. We crawled out. We sat. I sat on a rock there, and my body is just heaving, trying to get air. My mind was okay. You Like sometimes when somebody's anxious or nervous or afraid, you say, calm your mind down. Your body will calm down this is exactly the opposite my mind was okay, it's just the body was just grasping for air and the more we tried to slow it down it felt like I was getting less and less air and, I thought, and I'm looking at the shore it's a quarter mile away, no lifeguard, nobody's out there it's about quarter to seven in the morning and I am thinking, I don't know how we're going to get there I don't want to say it out loud, my son's sitting right here but he, later on we found out, he's thinking the same thing because he thought, even me, if him tried to help me swim back, we, I, we didn't think we would make it. And um, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have. And uh, so, as we're sitting there, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. And, I, and because it's very highly unusual. In fact, I've never seen, there was a small fishing boat up on the island. At about a 12-footer. My son has one the same size. It's a small boat. And it was up, pulled up on the shore, to, next to where we crawled out. And and I, you know, uh, you're out there. You've never seen a boat out there on Flat Island, right? Yeah. Anybody lived in Kailua, never seen a boat on that island. It's, that that doesn't happen. Maybe a kayak, they can pull it up, but never a boat like that. And there it was. It was sitting over there. I kind of forgot about it because we're just sitting. I'm just trying to to breathe and not and wondering if I'm going to die out here. Just as I'm thinking that, though, I'm looking at the shore. The fisherman, I guess, who walked around the island, it's a flat, small island. He came up to us and he said, can I give you a ride to shore? He just came up and asked. And, you know, Andrew and I looked at him and immediately together, surprisingly, our first response was, well, we don't want to take you out of your way too far. <laughs> really dumb. <laughs> I think. Thank God. So I kind of relate to Peter and them thinking, it's a ghost or whatever, whatever. This can't be God helping, can it? Anyway, and so the guy, just like you, he kind of laughed and he shook his head and he said, where are you going? Where are you going? We said, yeah, boat ramp right across, you know, and he said, no, I, I can take you. It's not too far out of my way. <laughs> So we pushed the boat out of ways, crawled in, and my breathing was slowing down a little bit, getting a little better. Got to shore. Uh, we 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 jumped out and, and crawled up on shore, and then we we got up about onto the sand. We turned around, looked, and it was gone. No, no, no that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> he was there anyway. Sorry. Uh, his name's Daniel, um, and and anyway, I didn't. I was just trying to be. We got out, went up, took a shower outside there. And then uh, Andrew and I did our usual, we went by the drive-through coffee place and I got a cup of coffee, went home, uh, took a good shower there, made a little breakfast, because I was waiting for my doctor to get in till 8 o'clock, you know, so I could call him. So I call him at 8 and he says, uh, just go to the hospital, what are you doing? And so I hopped in my truck and I drove to Castle, which is just 10 minutes away. I get in there, and I'm in there for a while, they're doing all their stuff, you know, uh, all their tests and everything, and then they said, uh, hey, you want us to go tell whoever drove you to come in or to come back in a while, you're gonna be at least overnight, maybe two nights. I and I said, Oh, uh, no, I drove myself. And I think you could appreciate this, Heather. The whole ER just froze for a moment. I'm pretty sure everybody stopped and all heads turned towards me. They looked and then they all shook, like, don't do that, right? <laughs> Does that sound right, Heather? That's what you would have said probably, huh? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Anyway, in a nice way, you're so nice. <laughs> but, uh, and they, they said, well, what, you what? You know, and I said, well, oh, I, I, yeah, sorry. Uh, and anyway, so they went on. So just to know uh, that, that they, all my arteries, they did all things, my arteries were all clear, my veins, the heart was fine. They did a, a echocardiogram the next day and it was it was good, everything's good. So they said, we found just a little remnant of maybe there was a clot in one vein. That somehow got cleared out, either by you, by the time you got here, or shortly after. But either way, when we start testing, everything's clear. So, so I'm glad. I'm thankful for that, and really thankful. Well, what really spoke to me about it was a couple of things. Is that, um, is that man, uh, I, I was glad to, I'm glad and grateful to be alive. And, and even that moment kind of pushed me to say, well, I'll, I'll live as long as I can. If it's time, when it's time to go, I'm at peace. I'm okay with that for the most part. But in the meantime, uh, I'm alive. I wanna be staying alive in the moments, in the days and make the most of my life. It's not a huge amount of change. It's not doing more, it's being more present. And I wanna encourage you. My word for last year that I'm continuing this year that still proves, is proving to be very powerfully meaningful for me. It's a sentence actually, and a word for the year can be a sentence. Don't make it too long so you can remember, but mine is really simple. It's something God spoke to me last year around this time when I was in a transition and I was transitioning out of the church I was serving for a year and realized it was time for a new season of rest and recovery. And all I heard God say was, surrender to me and let me care for you. Surrender to me. And let me care for you and that sounds great and it is great it's wonderful It's powerful but it's been more transformative day by day I keep hearing God say whatever I'm anxious fearful uh, worried wanting to control or fix or do or feel I should be doing I hear God's call and God's word surrender to me surrender to me and let me care for you through these circumstances now surrendering isn't giving up It's really about giving in to God and His way in my life, in my thinking, in what I do and how I live. And I want to encourage you to consider whatever word you have is considered as a way of surrendering to God and let Him care for you. It sounds kind of obvious and everything, but I'm learning more after all these years, 50 plus years as a Christian, that there's more about God's care that I'm learning by surrendering and allowing God to work in my life in fresh and new ways. And in this time of of finding my way through grieving, many of you have been so instrumental of God's care of giving kindness and encouragement and texting and writing or dropping things off, or just being a great friend in a way that sustained me in my time when I couldn't feel much and see much, but God kept saying, surrender to me and let me care for you. There's miraculous stories I'll just keep it to this one today, but there's amazing ways and things that beyond my capacity to do anything about God brought his care in really substantial ways to me. But this, out there at the the flat island out there, I thought, you know, I've never seen a boat since then or before that. But that one day, in that one moment, when we couldn't see any way we could get there, and I said, God, I, I don't know what we can do. There was a boat. There was a fisherman who came to us it's not like we jumped in the boat and said, you're not getting out of here without taking us or something. He offered us. And our first response, he could have said, well, okay, never mind. But he didn't. I'm pretty sure God said, don't listen to these knuckleheads. Just take them to shore. <laughs> Probably Bev was out there said, oh, my God, there he goes again. Help him. But in my quiet, watch, looking to shore and thinking, I, I don't know, oh God, I don't know if I'm going to make it here. I want to scare Andrew and Andrew thought well he'll swim to shore real fast find lifeguard or find somebody there's no lifeguard there at that time he'll go get the phone and call but he just didn't want to leave he knew this was not he didn't want to leave me alone there and that that was the end and so I, I, I just think it's, it's amazing the miracle of it was the miracle was oh what God can do that's good but between behind every miracle it really is God. He's more than just, you know, the power of miracles are not just about the capacity to control wind or to make food or cure illnesses, conquer demons. Those are all part of His miraculous power. And that's wonderful. Even to bring a boat there, Jesus did all of these things. So why? Because at His heart, in every miracle, in every movement of God, is to reveal His care and compassion for us. If you look at every single miracle, well, unfortunately, many times you get stuck at the power, the power to change or fix something. And God does it. And sometimes he, we wish he'd be faster. Sometimes he doesn't move in ways we think he could. But he's always working in some way or other to reveal his care and compassion for us. And he does that in amazing, amazing kind of ways. We prayed daily when Bev was going through her cancer process that, that oh, she could be healed. That would, we would love that. We ask for that every day. And and then, but amazingly, also we said, and that's in your hands. We trust you. We welcome that. And in the meantime, teach us how to live, how to love, how to make the most of the time we have. I saw that in Renee as well. Beautiful. She was right. She couldn't speak no more, but she wrote on there. She said. Uh, she said to me, even she reminded me of a history. I knew her from when she was in high school. I'd forgotten that in the youth ministry. And she wrote something. I can't remember the exact words, but it was along the lines of you're magnificent and wonderful and intelligent. Or, or maybe she just said, uh, I love you and I care about you and appreciate you. Probably more that, yeah. I think I reinterpreted that. But it was very beautiful. I don't want to dismiss that with my joke. It was a beautiful touch, simply saying, thank you and I love you. She said that. She was alive to the end. Death isn't the worst thing. Not living death comes to all of us sometime or other in the meantime and in the face of that how do we live how do we keep staying alive not just surviving really living so I want to give you a couple encouragements Uh, Jesus main purpose has always been and always will be to build hearts profoundly shaped by unconditional unearned undeserved and unexpected love That's always his purpose so when we surrender it's not a battle of wills only, it kind of is, and it, it, he's, he could win any time he wants. He could have stopped that, that uh, storm any time. He could do a lot of things. But what he's looking for is that the surrender is a surrender of trust that allows him to love and to care for us and to provide for us in ways we're not used to. So here's a few things on your notes. Uh, surrender to me and let me care for you is my guiding thought in this. <clears throat> and uh, here's, here's a few few things. When I choose or accept, in a lot of ways I feel the words come to us, but when you choose that word, that leads me to surrender to God's care. I learn a few things. Here's three things I've been learning over and deeper ways through this over the years, but particularly in this last couple of years. Well, I learned to, number one, be inspired and excited. Be inspired and excited by the, the word. If you've chosen a word already, ask yourself, does it inspire you to want to live more? Does it excite you even some about the possibilities? I've known some people who have chosen a word and they got it figured out exactly what that's going to be, look like for the rest of the year, and I would say uh, let go of that, because allow room for God to speak and, and imagine, and dream. Chances are, if you already know everything's going to happen about this word for this year, you're 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 thinking too small and too safe, and you're not allowing God to inspire you with possibilities of change and growth. That could be very exciting. So uh, I just want to encourage you by humbly welcoming more of God's care and way in your life. Encourage that. It gives you some joy, some hope, some excitement about who you can be and become. How you can experience more of God and more of other people and even more of ourselves. That's God's life in, in life. Yeah. A word that helps you keep staying alive and fresh in fresh and new ways. Think about that when you pick your word. That's really important. Where well, we become moved and motivated by love. Over our, uh, through our fear, through our control, and through our complacency. Sometimes we're so used to, ah, oh, just go along as we are. And somehow we've lost that passion for God and for life. That we're not really alive, we're just surviving. We're just getting by. And God says, Come. Come on the water. Let's try something. You may fail, but that's okay. You, you won't, it's not fatal. I'll, 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 I'm with you. I'm for you. Trust me. I care about you. More ways than you can imagine. So I want to ask you, just you can think about this through the week, but how has God shown care for you recently? How has God shown care for you? And you say, well, I don't know if he does. I don't think about it. Well, start thinking about it because he is. He's trying all the time. He's working at that all the time. How did that care impact your life? What was it? It might have simply been uh, a person saying hello. It might have been somebody uh, helping you in a small way, sending you a text or a card or a phone call. Uh, I was at the bank and this lady, the manager there, there was some mixed up with something in my mom's account. And, and she was so good. Uh, she knew Bev and, and she was, I came in when Bev passed and I told her she cried and and now a year and a half later she said oh my god I miss Bev, you're so much work Dale to take care of (laughs) she didn't see that but she she said I'm here, I'm here to help but she is really great but there was kind care hearting. I was flying back from San Francisco and across the aisle was this young lady and somehow she she said something she said oh I'm really tired and said yeah me too and we started talking it turned out she was one of Steve Avalana's Students. And, uh, and, and she said, you know, she really appreciated him. She used to come and have lunch in his room and loved hanging out over there at your room. She mentioned that. Steve, I remember you talking about how students would do that. They loved to be with that guy. I said, wait, Steve Avalana? <laughs> kidding. I said, I know that. He loves his students. He loves you. He cares about you. And she saw him recently in Steve and Jen a, at a Chinese uh, restaurant. And she texted him the next day. Hey, I saw you going in and getting food. And It's just last week. And then here we met and we were talking on. And she kept talking. We had a great engaging conversation. And I was so grateful. We're across the aisle. I, I love talking like that. I love it when somebody takes time to see you and, and be open a bit. And and her too. She, it was a really wonderful conversation. How has God cared for you? How has he provided, opened up a door? You said, well, I worked out a lot, but the doors opened and came. Could be that something, you know, a misunderstanding with a bill or something, but it got worked out. And you can say, well, that person did. But God is at work in all of these ways. Maybe it's just you're so anxious and he says, and you, you could be still and you can hear his Peace. How has he cared for you? And how is it going to impact your life forever? Take it to heart. As small as it might be, that's what change comes. Okay. When I choose a word that leads me to surrender to God's care, I learn to, number two, be challenged and changed. A good word should challenge us and be inviting us to change by facing and releasing what holds me back in my life. Word that invites, accompanies, encourages genuine honesty. We won't get through life very well if we're not willing to be honest with ourselves. Who are we? What's going on? What's holding me back? What am I afraid of? What am I trying to control? I'm so anxious. And I've got such a death grip on my life that I'm dying. And I'm worried about dying more than I am about living. Dying isn't the worst thing. It's when we're not living. It's when we're afraid of death or afraid of failing or not accomplishing or not getting what we think we need. We're living into the future so much about what if, what if, what if, and we're not alive. And God says, all that I understand. But will you surrender that to me and let me care for you in this? It's amazing. It's so counterintuitive and there's no way around it other than being genuinely honest about who we are. And with our word, I hope that you have that sense that it's something that's causing you to feel challenged about where you are right now in life. What changes might be ahead for you that God could inspire and and that you're open to that. And we start with that over just, well, where am I stuck? Where am I resistant? Where am I complacent or so angry or so upset? are so burdened by even hatred, or by just despair and depression, and we're just there. Then I say, live into it, live into it, because whatever it is that's holding you back, we keep trying to navigate it, or hold it off, or control it, and I say, give yourself to it for a little while, until you get so sick of it, and so tired of it, and so exhausted, that you say, God, I need help. We try to get a, stay above it all. And I, knew, I found out, out from grieving is that you can't rush through it. I can't make it happen any faster, any quicker than it, than it takes. Shortly after Bev passed away, I, I heard or saw this picture. It was like a movie. It was very clear. I was out in the ocean... And, uh, and I was in the undertow, you know, and I saw a picture of this uh, undertow. that Here's this bay, and there's big waves coming here, and big waves coming here. And right in the middle is this real smooth, calm area. And it looks very inviting. And that's the undertow, because right in there, it's pulling the current right out, out into the ocean. And some undertows can take people a couple miles out to ocean. And they go way out, and then if you stay with it, it'll t- eventually it'll come back to shore somewhere down the coast probably. And all I heard God saying is, stay in the undertow. Just float there. You can't outswim this. You can't overcome it. It's going to wear you out. I just want you to float and trust me. And it was kind of hard. But in a, I realized that I, I wasn't going to get over this grieving any faster than it took. And I couldn't overcome it. Couldn't press through it. Couldn't try to get, a, get well and get, get, be positive about everything. I just had to sit with it for a while, a long while. It wasn't fun. The death of my wife was a terrible thing. Too soon, too young. It was painful. But God was inviting me to find my way to live. And it meant surrender. Not trying harder. Not doing more. Not going. I didn't even go to many support. I went to a couple of counselors and it just, just wasn't helpful for me. That's me. I encouraged that. But, I had, but I, because I had a lot of individuals who knew me well, I could really talk with. Share. We need that. At my rate, and my pace, and their understanding wasn't trying to get me somewhere. They're just trying to be with me where I was. That made a big difference. Many of you are that to me in your care. But I, you know, I, I want to encourage you that think about the word you've chosen. Does it challenge you, and does it invite you to change? And we got we can't change until we know what it is that we're needing change with. So where are we stuck? Where are we resistant? Where are we at? Same old, same old. And things like, say, well, that's just the way I am. Is not really true. It is the way you are, but it's not the way God made you necessarily, if it holds you back from living. And so God says, well, let me come alongside and help you. Let me walk with you. And we somehow justify where we are and how we are because that's the way we've always been. And God says, I, look, I, you're not, I'm not done with you. There's more. And the beautiful thing is, is that there's more beauty. There's more joy. There's more life and love for you to know if you'll kind of open up a little. I know when I was out there and, and I was sure I was, it looked pretty evident that I might not make it even to the island. I, I, knew, I know one thing about swimming is that the more anxious, the more fearful, the harder you try, the less you're able to d- swim. It doesn't go so well, right? And, um, and so uh, I, I, that's just in my nature. I didn't really think, come on, Dale, relax. Run. I didn't think that. I'm just, I'm just facing a reality. But in that, I, 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 in that time and that surrendering to God and asking for help, uh, I felt that somehow I got it. I made it through. It wasn't miraculous. It wasn't like I, I didn't start walking on the water. That would have been nice. I just had to keep going as best that I could. But God's taught me in that. He said, you want to be alive. And this was a help for you to choose life and to be his life. I want to encourage you. We can keep staying alive by being on a path of recognizing the ways in us that holds us back. The things, these false narratives we have in our, in our mind, and our heart, the way we're raised. Well, that's just the way, that's where I came from. That was my family tradition. Uh, the, all those kinds of things. And I, I've been there. I've gotten all that. My family, we had lots of different things and problems and ways. And, and, and while that was, there were a lot of good things too. But also I had to, well, God, how, how did you make me? Instead of how did my family and my circumstances make me only? He wants to add to that wants to add more, let go of some things and bring new stuff and affirm some things that we've been living with. So let me ask you this question. What might be a change in your thinking or what you're doing that God could be asking you? What what might be a change in your thinking or what you're doing that God might be asking you to make? What change could he be inviting you to decide? I'm ready to grow in new ways. I'll testify, I'm 69 years old, and and I realize I'm not done yet. God's not done with me yet, I should say, obviously. He still has me here, not just to survive, but to live, and to change, and to grow, to challenge ways I have been living in new and fresh ways. And it is exciting, it's inspiring, it's a little frustrating and challenging. Every day, no matter what it is, God says, you know, okay, I hear you, I hear what's going on, I see how you've been, so surrender that to me, and let me care for you. See, surrendering is one part, but the surrendering is really to open the heart, our hearts to receive and welcome how much God cares for us, wants to work for us. And when he invites change and brings challenge to our lives, it's in order for him to care more deeply for us to become different. And if we get, I think we've been in a season across our country and in our churches, but in our nation and around the world of, Of Demanding how life should be, how God should be, how the government should be, how the world should be. And God says, surrender that to me. I care about every person in this world. And I care about you. So what might be a change in your thinking or what you are doing that God could be asking you to make this change? Take a moment. And finally, when I choose a word that leads me to surrender to God's care, I learn to number three, be humbly relying on the Holy Spirit. This whole thing about a word for a year shouldn't be uh, just goals of what I'm going to do. I really want to invite you to say this invites me and calls me to a a humbleness that says I need the Holy Spirit. I need your God, your help, God. And the beautiful thing is always, it's God's, Loves to help us. He really loves to help us. It may we might give him a whole set. Well, here's how you can help me: do this and do this and do this. Change this person. Change my husband. Change my wife. Change my children. Change our pastor, whomever you know, or this speaker that we got today. Can you get him to stop pretty soon? Whatever it might be, I'm not done yet. So <laughs> you, you can give that prayer up already. <laughs> but he he loves it when we ask for help. See, I think with Peter, he wasn't scolding him. I was thinking, all you had to do was ask for help. To save me, Lord, It's almost like thinking, I don't care. And he says, look, if you start with, well, oh, I know you care, so I don't understand how this is going exactly, but can you help me? When I was out there, I, I, I didn't doubt whether God cared for me. And, I, and I, all I could say was, well, if I'm going to make it, if you want me to live still, I need your help. I'm, I'm running out of breath really quickly. I'm running out of strength. I never felt so weak trying to get to that island. And I said, I don't know if I can make it. And I said, well, I need your help. If that's your will, your way, whatever, I'm in your hands. But he loves it when we ask for help. It's so basic. Not demand how he's going to help. Not demand his timing and his way, our way for him. It's Just simply, I need help with this. What do I do? I surrender to your way and your help, however you want to bring it in whatever way you want to make it. Sometimes He just gives us strength and sometimes He gives us peace. Sometimes He brings somebody for one day never seen before whatever caused him to pull his boat up on that island and then to offer a help. I still find that amazing expression of God's care. He provided that. But to rely on the Holy Spirit that the Spirit of God I don't know if you can see this ring, I, I, I got this in, you know, I went uh, in, the, in October to what's called the Camino de Santiago, this, this walk that goes from Paris all the way down to the coast of, of Spain. And can you see this ring? See what it says there? Can you read that? No, I know you can't. <laughs> Sorry. I remember thinking that would be funny and it was dumb. Thank you for laughing. And I, I don't wear rings and things like that at all, but somehow I thought when I go there, I wanted to get something to commemorate. This was a trip Bev had planned, and before she passed, she said, I don't think I'm going to make it. And I said, no, let's see. But this was about six months before we were supposed to go and about a, a, a few weeks before she passed. I think she knew. And, and she said, well, if I don't, can you go for us? So it was in that, that coming October, they closed it down because of the pandemic. So this year I went... Uh, with her, took some picture, a picture of her and I, and left it there at the end. And it was a powerful journey. I can tell you more about that. But it was the whole time we it was by partly by bus and partly by walking and out in the out in the countryside. And we came to this place. The very end, they call it Terra, which translates meaning uh, end of the world. And when you stand on this edge, of this cliff, you know we're used to the ocean and stuff. But somehow standing there above. You look out, all you could see is the ocean, and it did look like eternity. And I can imagine for people a thousand years ago who had never been to the ocean, to see that, it must look, this must be where the earth ends, and that's the end of the world, and that's, that's heaven, I guess, or something out there, because it, it just looks like that. You don't see anymore. It's a powerful view. And I could see why they would call that end of the world. And for many of those pilgrims, even, they would come, and they would come to that after processing for months walking and coming before God seeking that they would burn their clothes there it's as if the life as I knew it is over and now I'm starting a new life and I felt that I was there and I I remember saying Bev we made it We did the walk And, and I knew from that day I had this peace that the world as I knew it with Bev here in this world with me is is over come to the end of that Now she's still in my heart I still think of her and I process that still but that was the beginning also, uh, stepping forth, and I realized, I don't know what it looks like yet at this time, really, probably more than ever. Is God says, surrender to me, and I'll show you. Let me care for you. Let me heal you. It's been a lot with my brother passing, and my dad passed a, a month and a half after Bev passed, and my mom with her dementia still taking care of her, and, and of course with Bev. So there's a lot of healing, and, and it's okay. I'm in God's hands. He said, surrender so I can care for you. And uh, I'm not asking you to, I'll bring to you what you can do with your life in the time and the pace that I choose if you surrender to me because it will be my way of caring for you and you caring for others. And I'm learning more about compassion and care and understanding and pace that I could bring when I'm with people in ways that I hadn't before. I do funerals still once in a while, the mortuary will ask me to help a family and it's a whole new experience for me with them. I always felt compassionate and caring, but man, so much deeper now. And when we go to the graveside, I used to always say, this is a good place to come and visit and remember, but now it's, this is a sacred place to come and be with your loved one in new and meaningful ways. God works. God works in powerful ways. So be, hum- be humbly relying on the Holy Spirit by asking God to help us. On this ring, there's this word. It's called, I think it's in your notes. Is it in your notes? I don't know. Altrea, and it, and it, uh, Altrea is on this, and it's a saying that a lot of the pilgrims would say to each other, and it means go forward, kind of, but what it really means is go beyond. Go beyond where you are. Keep going. Keep walking. Go beyond in our lives. This is Jesus' call. Go beyond where you've been to where you can be with me and my help in your life. If you're staying where you are, then he's saying, uh, there's more to this life than you." Pick a word that inspires and excites, that challenges and changes you, that it invites you to rely. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We really can't in life anyway. But sometimes a word brings that home to us in fresh ways every day. And I need you, God. I need your help. Will you help me? And he says, yes. I'm waiting for you to ask because I care about you. So let me help you go beyond where you've been. We're not done yet. You're not done yet. You're not finished. No matter what mistakes you've made, whatever the worst of what you've been in your life, that's not you. That's not all there is to you. God still cares. He says, will you go beyond? Will you let me help you go beyond? So what might be an area of your life that you could ask God for his help to go beyond from where you are right now? Here I am, God. Here's where I've been. I've been angry. I've been bitter. I've been unforgiving. I've been ignoring uh, somebody or even my own well-being. I've been so stuck in thinking I have to accomplish or prove or justify or uh, make the most of life by killing myself in busyness and overwork and stress and demands. And God says, you know, I, I love you where you are. I want to care for you. Will you surrender all of that and I'll sort out what still needs to be kept and what can be let go of. I have new stuff for you. You haven't even seen yet. I like walking on water, doing whatever. So I found this, this uh, um, writing and uh, I wanted to share it with you to close with, if that's okay. I, I thought it was really, is a bear and a bunny talking to each other. Do we have, here they are. Um, no, I'm not the bear. It's just somebody on this. Uh, He says, the bear said, it's time to go, said bear. But where are we going, asked rabbit. Forward, said bear. We can't stay here anymore. So much has happened here, though. I don't know that I can move on, said rabbit. You can stay if you want, said bear. But life won't wait with you. It won't, asked rabbit. No, said bear. Besides, up ahead, there might be something wonderful. You think so, asked Rabbit? I think, said Bear. If you stay here, you'll never know. I think, I hear Jesus' invitation in that. Could we take a moment and, and can I pray with you and for you and me? And Thank you for letting me share with you this morning. What's spoken to you today? What word might be stirring in you? what rethinking of the word that you have gotten for this year. Maybe you don't know and you're, you're, you don't have anything. So ask. Ask God for help for a word, a way. Let him, let him give you some inspiration, some excitement about your life again if you need that. Let him challenge and, and, and bring change to your life because you've been like this a long time and there's more to you. There's a lot more delightfulness in who you are that's been it's been dormant for a while. Ask, ask for His help. let his holy Spirit come and give you what you don't have in yourselves we don't have. It's a partnership of care. I give you a moment to you speak what you need to with God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these dear friends and family here. Thank you for their precious lives and love and friendship and care. And Thank you that in the midst of some really painful, difficult times that some here are living with a brokenness in home and relationship or with friends. An anxiousness that just seems to keep robbing them of peace and life. A fear that just sort of hovers over and wants to steal their joy. A dread, a sorrow about loss. of someone very dear and precious. You don't ask us to get over it, get away from it, to not feel it. You want us to help, you want to help us find our way so we don't drown on our own. That we are truly in your hands. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We welcome you. We surrender to you so we may know more about the depth of your care. Come, Lord Jesus. Continue to encourage and bless Wellspring family and the life and ministry to care for each other and to care for this world. Such beautiful, wonderful ways. In Jesus, your precious name. Amen.